Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! WWE and NXT really just shoot on AEW. I am Luke Owen, this is El Fakador Laurie Blake, and welcome to the post NXT TakeOver 25 edition of Wrestle Ramble, where I apologize for my slight stumbling at the start there. I am tired. Mm. <laughs> it was a long weekend. It was a long weekend. It's a long weekend, and we have literally, about, I'd say, five minutes ago, finished watching NXT TakeOver 25. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to watch it live because we weren't around. Nope. Didn't get to watch it yesterday because we still weren't around, and I was very, very tired from the incredible weekend that we had. And so today, we finally got to watch the show. Yep. So, broad strokes, before we get into the main topic, what do you think? I thought it was amazing. Great it was show. really, really fun. Like, there was a lot of standout matches. Oh, but, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was one, another one of those ones where I wasn't so keen. There was a couple I wasn't so keen on, but I thought most people came out and tore the house down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the, the opening match, the tag match, the ladder match, and the main event mm. really were like exceptionally good matches. Really, yes. really, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But we're going to talk about the big talking points coming out of the show, which is WWE possibly mm-hmm. taking some shots at All Elite Wrestling throughout the show, some yeah. straight shooting from the hip. Now, I'm not categorically saying that they did shoot on AEW. No. Absolutely not. We are going to discuss what a lot of people are talking about uh, for coming out of this. And it really stems from Nigel McGuinness saying, I think at the top of the show, he said, the black and yellow brand is the true alternative in sports entertainment. Now, this is because, well, could be because all elite wrestling have been pushing themselves. as We're not competing with WWE. We're an alternative mm-hmm. to WWE. Oh, yeah. So for NXT to then say, no, we're the true alternative to WWE. It's their own bloody product. It's, yeah. like, it's the same product. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like saying Diet Coke. We're the true alternative to Coke. <laughs> it's like not wanting to listen to Nickelback, but listening to Chad Kroger <laughs> separately. <laughs> it's the true alternative <laughs> to Nickelback. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, what did you make of the, the opening comments? I thought that was a jab. It was definitely a jibe, uh, and I think they would have been told to say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially cons- considering that, like, last weekend, because this was separated by not being right where money in the bank was, so there was like a there was this week's gap, and then AEW had double or nothing, and now this, you have to fire back, because everyone was saying that post-money in the bank, 
Double or Nothing was like the answer to that. That mm-hmm. was like Money in the Bank was WWE's show before Double or Nothing. The big like this is what we have planned for the future of this. This is why you should watch WWE. And then Double or Nothing happens, and everyone's like, "That was really, really good. Very, very Whereas, good." Yeah, Money in the Bank was a load of disappointing <laughs> rubbish. Uh, and then yeah, this this feels like the actual retort, and also the retort from the from what you feel like the future of the brand is going to be, not just in terms of the athletes, but also in terms of the people doing the writing and all the backstage stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would. I think a lot of people going into this show thought, well, this is going to be WWE's real answer yeah. to Double or Well, these nothing. are the people who are actually going to have the competitive spirit about it that goes beyond ratings and money. Yeah. This is like, you know, I want the product mm-hmm. to be on par or better than that. <laughs> and I think it was... The Double or Nothing equivalent show, TakeOver 25, and from I think the beautiful was, city of Jeddah. Absolutely. I think it was going to be almost like a given mm-hmm. that there was going to be something on the show that yes. was almost AEW related, particularly after Cody smashed the throne. Yeah. And I'm not defending AEW in that because I think a lot of people are just going to assume that we're on AEW side with this. I I still think that was the dumbest moment of the whole show. I, yeah. I really could have done without that throne smash. So I thought the throne smash was a bit dumb. I thought finishing on... I think your lasting image being John Moxley and Jericho going over like mm. in your first show... I think it it just all felt a bit too like the WWE tropes are a bit strong here yeah, for me. Yeah, like, absolutely. So I uh, I'm I'm not sort of certainly picking sides, and so uh, some mm. people might assume we are. But then there were some other moments that people are maybe thinking were jibes at yep. AEW throughout the show. So in three different matches. We had all three of Jericho's moves done. Mm-hmm. We had the Walls of Jericho being done by Roderick Strong. Uh, we had Velveteen Dream do the Lion Salt. Mm-hmm. And I can't quite remember where this is, but someone pointed out to me on Twitter that I think it was in the Baszler Shirai match. They did the Judas effect, back elbow. I feel like you could accidentally do that. But that's what I mean. Because it's rubbish. I, well, <laughs> and it is crap. But I, I think that last one might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But I certainly don't think you cannot ignore the fact that they did the Wars of Jericho and the Lion Salt. Mm-hmm. And then if you have that Judas Effect thing there, that might make one believe being like, oh, wow, that definitely, these yeah. do feel like potted digs at Chris Jericho mm-hmm. and, and AEW. Well, Mauro Ronaldo was calling like uh, a few moves the V-Trigger as well, like, you know, which they, they don't normally call it the V-Trigger. Like they did, yeah. they did bring that up. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that Roderick Strong has done that submission before. I was trying to, they called it something else. I did write that because I originally wrote down the walls of Jericho mm. and then changed it. I think it's the Stronghold. Yes. yes. Thank you, Pete. Uh, yeah, sorry, I should say, uh, we've got Pete in the room. Hey, Pete. Ah, uh, buttons. Sorry, which one is it again? Pete it's can't work things Pete out. Pete won't That one's the D button. Uh, I haven't even clicked on it now. There we go. There he is. Howdy. How's D it going? D for dummy. <laughs> D for desperately trying to figure out what's going on. Thanks, Pete. No worries. So, yeah, so it's called the, it's called the stronghold. So, again, you could argue probably not a potted shot at Jericho either. No, but they don't, like, strong doesn't bust out the stronghold very often. If at all, yes. So it was as I say, like you can have that coupled with the line salt, coupled with the possible mm-hmm. Judas effect as well, might make one thing. They are taking the potted shot. The other two notes that I have had that people have said that this is where WWE were taking potted shots at AEW before we get into perhaps the big one mm. is Stephanie McMahon was in the crowd, yep, being openly talked about the uh, her role of chief branding officer. Mm-hmm which is what Brandy Rhodes' job is within AEW. Chief Brandy Officer. Chief Brandy Officer. Yeah. And so some people were like, that's another shot. That's another shot at AEW. Mm. They're kind of making fun of the fact that... uh, that, And I had some tweets about this over the weekend while we were away. For my money, 
Stephanie, I'm, from my recollection, she's always been introduced as the chief branding officer because that's her title role in the company. In the yeah. same way that Triple H is always introduced as the COO. Yes. She's always been the chief branding officer. She mm. has been for like the last couple of years. And I think they've made a lot of mention of that on TV to the point where the chief brandy officer is a dig at Stephanie. Yeah. Like oh, it's yeah, a, it's yeah. a dig at Stephanie's role in her title, right? Yeah, surely. Yeah. I feel like that the whole sort of title, like the all being executive vice presidents kind of thing is almost like a play on itself at this point in yeah. AEW. Like, yeah. I think all of, yeah, there's a lot of, they made their names basically saying we're not that. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're going to carry on doing that. WWE, I don't feel like WWE should be doing that. And like, I get you want to address it early doors, but I think probably that stopped at that line from from Nigel. Yes, I, I, I think I the think rest of it right, happens yeah. to be maybe the wrestlers uh, took a little bit of initiative. Like Strong does the strong hop; that's his move. Dream doing the lion salt. He is also the sort of self like outside referential brings mm. a lot of culture and like pop culture or wrestling culture into what he does. Yeah, I agree. Like the breaking kayfabe and having call me up the ins on your tights. It's like. He's happy to step outside of the bubble of WWE and bring something in that people that will pop people. Mm -hmm. That was that. Yeah. And also as well, like Nigel's, uh, I mean, obviously they can't use the word wrestling in the show, <coughs> but when you say it's the true alternative to sports entertainment, what you basically say, it's the true alternative to Raw and SmackDown. Yes, the only, <laughs> the only sports entertainment shows on the planet. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> this is a wrestling show mm. for wrestling fans with wrestlers who like doing wrestling, not just this is sports entertainment. Yes, absolutely. The last bit uh, that's worth noting is the announcement partway through the show that uh, NXT UK are getting another takeover mm -hmm. show. We're getting NXT UK uh, takeover Cardiff, which is going to take place on August 31st, which is the same day as All Elite Wrestling's All Out, mm. which they announced last week. Hmm. Suspicious, suspicious. And they were just ringing around venues, yeah. being like, what, we're, "What's we're a card? We're going we're to do a takeover. Quick, find one. Find a venue of the right size. Can we do Wembley? Can we do Manchester? Oh, Cardiff, then. I guess oh. Cardiff. I don't even know where it is. Mark, Mark, what's a Cardiff? You're from there. Tegan Knox, you're getting on a plane. <laughs> Bless her heart. So yeah, they've announced NXT Takeover Cardiff for August 31st, which mm -hmm. is for an American audience. Will be it well, actually for a UK audience as well. Uh, it'll be sort of 3 p.m. in the yep. U.S. Um, and it'll probably be about like 8 p.m. here, which means for a U.K. audience, then you'll get uh, all out at about midnight. U.S. audience, you'll get all out at about 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. So in w WWE's mind, and Triple H, I've got a quote from Triple H, I'll read out in a second. There isn't really sort of a direct competition thing there because no. you can watch both. It's quite yeah. quite easy for you to go to, a car go to the Cardiff show, go home, and still watch all out. But the... Uh, so there are two facets to this. One is that the all uh, the all elite wrestling bubble yeah. uh, and uh, group of fans, like WrestleMania, is a lot of UK fans. Yes, they are the traveling fans, the ones that you get at WrestleMania, the ones you get at Raw and SmackDown, the very vocal, <coughs> boisterous crowds at the Raw and SmackDown after Manias. Yeah, they kind of have given it that sort of legendary status. Mm -hmm. So, are WWE trying to say to this traveling audience? Look, you can either fly all the way out to Chicago for All Out because tickets aren't on sale for it yet, yeah. or just drive down the M4 and you can get yeah, to, exactly. so to Cardiff. Well, so I think it's a twofold, a two pronged attack, if you will. One is that is trying to get a lot of the, I guess, trying to capture people who would buy tickets usually to All Out, but are just going to go to Cardiff instead because it's a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Two, I think 
if you know that it can be what both can be watched you can fatigue people before all out even airs like <laughs> yeah. you know like how long wrestlemania like wrestlemania this year ostensibly very good show just too long too long and so even though i really enjoyed it by the end of it i couldn't have cared because it was just it was just yeah. so much wrestling to have watched this could be the same thing if you do a 3 hour NXT TakeOver Cardiff and then go, okay, well, fair enough. You can go home and watch Another all out. five you, hours of wrestling. Yeah, and you but want. you've got to sit through probably like the, the first hour of Battle Royals and matches that don't really matter before you get to any of the stuff that you're going to pop yeah, for, exactly, really. Yeah. So, that, you know, there could be just a taking a bit of the steam out of All Out by just having wrestling on that people want to watch. Like, it's... Uh, I'm assuming Walter and Pete Dunne are going to be, you know, there's going to be lots of stuff going on. It's I imagine it'll, strong be Wal- star, yeah, it'll probably be Walter Devlin, I'd have thought. You think? I reckon they'll, I think they'll might have moved on from the Walter Pete Dunne stuff by that point because mm. they're still doing like strong, strong style Imperium stuff. Yes, they are. But yeah. I'd imagine they're going to push more towards the Devlin uh, storyline. Yeah, yeah. And do Walter Devlin, which, you know, was one of the best matches of, that's, that's happened recently anyway, mm-hmm. like, over an OTT. Yeah. So I think they're very much trying to sort of capture that British crowd that can be behind Devlin to try and take yeah. the title off of Walter. And it's it's a lot of the UK guys that British wrestling fans like because it's all the guys from Progress yeah. and, and ICW and, and things like that and OTT. So you are going to be trying to capture them and be like, so you could fly out to All Out and go and see yeah, Bucks, Lucha Brothers, Cesar, or... You can see all these guys that you like, and it's only just down the road. Yeah. So that's the AEW side of things. As you said, I, I'm completely in agreement with you as well that it's that wrestling fatigue side of things. Because mm-hmm. you travel all the way to Cardiff, and then you watch a three-hour show. Then you drive the back home to wherever you're from. Yeah. Do you then want to sit down and watch another five... Stay up till five in the morning to watch mm-hmm. another five hours of wrestling? And is that going to affect box office numbers? Yeah, I think even if, you just sat, even if you're just watching it at home and you watch it go out live... You might just be like, I can't, I can't, I can't physically watch this yeah. much wrestling, or I'll just go to sleep and I'll just watch it on replay, yeah. or worse yet, I'll find, I'll find a, an alternative mm-hmm. mean, plus a, tr- a true alternative. Plus, you've also got Royal Quest. Well, that's yes, that's the other point I was going to get mm-hmm. to is that so there's three shows on that day. Oh God, two of which are going to be the worst day of work for us ever. Oh, you know, I thought I thought August was going to be a quiet month. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently I was well wrong. I know I should have booked my holiday for August. No, instead we are getting three shows, two of which are taking place in the UK. Mm-hmm. So you've got All Elite in Chicago with All Out. Mm-hmm. You have got NXT UK Cardiff, which is in Cardiff, and New Japan are in London for their Royal Quest tour. Now, Royal Quest is something that New Japan are very, very behind. I was actually seeing mm. them tweeting about this this morning because they're pushing this as the tr- first true New Japan show in the United Kingdom. We did have a New Japan show last year, but mm-hmm. the main criticism against that show was like, well, it just felt like Rev Pro. Yeah. It was a Rev Pro show. It was a jumped up Rev Pro show. This year, they are fully pushing this as this is a New Japan show. Tanahashi is coming over. Akada is coming over. Naito is coming mm-hmm. over. Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, like all their big names that you don't, like when you go to Royal Pro, you can, you can see Zack, you can see Will, you can see Ishii. But now we're bringing over Naito, Ospreay, uh, sorry, uh, Naito and Akada and Tanahashi. So we're bringing mm. out these big names, going to do this big thing. And word on the street is that WWE, so I, I don't know this for sure, WWE have got the got word that ticket sales for it aren't they haven't massively sold out. Yeah. So they've announced a show that can directly compete against it because that really is you have either got to choose if you want to go see New Japan Royal Quest or you go see NXT Takeover UK mm-hmm. Cardiff. Like really, you don't have the like you can watch one of them on delay. You could watch NXT Takeover UK on, on delay. Yeah. 
did I say that right? I don't, I don't know. It's a brand that no one cares Later, about. Later, right? yeah, on demand. Yeah, on demand. Or you could watch uh, on um, NJPW World. But you really are making the fan base choose which show yes, you want to go yeah. to. Now, and that's more of a competition, yeah. Yes. So let's hear, this is the quote that Triple H gave after the show when someone said, hey, man. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. You announced this show. It's the same day as All Out. Yeah. Yeah. No one's really talking about Royal Quest. But they certainly no. are talking about the All Elite Wrestling thing. But here's what Triple H had to say. I will say this to everyone in here. Contrary to, I'm sure, some of the buzz, the date of August 31st is a date we've had for a long time. Hmm. The building has been booked with us in Cardiff. Geez, long before WrestleMania 35, I think. We just hadn't announced it because it wasn't the right time. And you don't want to announce something for a brand six months out or whatever. At least I don't, the way I see it. Tonight was the right night to do it. I had nothing to do, uh, it had nothing to do with anyone else, to be honest. We will take place live in primetime in the UK <coughs> and beyond in the afternoon here in the US. So it is what it is. Now, yep. Takeover Blackpool was announced in November, took place in January, which is two months out. Yeah. We're, what, two, three months out till August now? Yeah, two. Two months out yeah. till August. So you could say three because it's at the end of the month. Perhaps that might be in line with what Triple H thinks, but if the building has been booked for that long. Yeah. And like to say that, oh, we wouldn't announce anything that's that six months in advance. I mean, you've already announced War Games. That's in November. <laughs> yeah, but that was uh, that was kind of. But again, I guess that was kind of obvious. A, but again, that's also the big shows. Yeah, like so you've announced Toronto because that's going with SummerSlam. You announced War Games because that's going with Survivor Series. So is this a a plan? Was this always they were always going to do the Cardiff show on August thirty first, and it just so happens to be on the same day mm-hmm. as All uh, All Elite Wrestling, or is it a case that they booked this show or All Out was announced? And they took the NXT UK brand and were like, let's put a show on in the UK on that same date mm. and we'll get something booked quickly. Because I know the Triple H says you have to book these buildings far in advance and Pritchard has always said this as well. NXT TakeOver Connecticut, or 25, was booked very late mm-hmm. because it was meant to be Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It was going to be NXT TakeOver Saudi Arabia. Then that plan, those plans changed and they were scrabbling to find yeah. a place to book it. And within six weeks to go before the event, they managed to get a building booked. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they that, uh, they have got this booked as a last-minute thing. I, I would say that there are probably a larger quantity of buildings of that size in America, mm-hmm. uh, whereas in the UK it's probably a bit harder to get the kind of arena they're after specifically for an Enix, for like a takeover style yep. thing. But, I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing devil's advocate. But yeah, yeah, I, I, could, I think it could be either way. It's, it I mean, it's still, it's, still, it's still a choice to announce it now. Like, you could have waited one more month and done mm-hmm. it. Like then, because it's still it, if yeah. your if your thing is a two month announcement, this is kind of a three month announcement. So you could have just waited till the next thing and gone take over card like take over Cardiff. But I also understand completely the time you want to announce another takeover is during a takeover, That's especially key, for the yeah. lower like the lower brand of NXT. Mm-hmm. Because you get the biggest audience of people specifically interested in that type of wrestling watching, and you go, "Here is another one." Yeah. Do you remember that Pete Dunne guy? He's going to be there. Exactly. I think that's that's the key to it. I think is that you waited until a takeover to mm-hmm. make the announcement, where yeah. you're going to have your largest audience watching it, because more people watch takeovers than they do the weekly shows. Mm-hmm. I would wager. So this is now in front of more eyes. Like NXT Takeover Blackpool was just announced on the NXT UK show, yeah. a show that very few people watch. Mm-hmm. So. This Weird is, to do it on a night that doesn't have an NXT UK match, though. Yeah, considering true, that yeah. they, considering that you know, Walter and Pete Dunne were a takeover before Mania. So like. that's actually a very good point because if this was booked before Mania thirty five, you could have announced it after that NXT UK match. Yeah, at the takeover show. You over surely Mania could have done a match with Tony Storm. 
like I'm not saying it doesn't it doesn't have to be the UK champion, does it? It could have been the tag champs or yep. Tony Storm coming down and having a match and like putting on a good showcase for NXT UK and then going, Oh, by the way, yeah, take over UK. Like I think yeah, that's a very interesting point that if it was booked before Mania thirty five, if it was me, yeah, I would have wanted to announce the NXT, like, hey, if you really liked that match which everyone should because it was absolutely awesome. It was the best match, the the best match of the night. Um, then you can see more of this great yes, stuff. Yeah, a, absolutely. by watching the show weekly, but B, by going to NXT TakeOver UK because we're going to Cardiff <coughs> and we're doing our second TakeOver event. Then you could create some really big buzz because that's announced over Mania Weekend where you've got the most eyes on the product. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very much on the fence about this because I do think that there are there's a lot of factors in play. Yeah, I do think that the... This is the true alternative. Was a direct dig, yeah, and that was a direct, was a dig. direct dig. I'm not sure about the moves. I'm certainly not sure about Stephanie, and I I don't know where I quite sit with the takeover card. I think that I think it would have forced their hand anyway. If you get the announcement of you know all outs coming and it's on this day, you have to announce yours because otherwise yeah. you are risking ticket sales. So you just have to go. Oh yeah, by the way, we're doing this. Yeah, I'd also say as well that if it was if this was a true shot at AEW to announce at NXT TakeOver event that's going to rival and go up against it, mm-hmm. they'd have done the main brand. Oh, yeah. They'd have, yeah, they'd yeah, have brought yeah. the NXT brand over to the UK, announced NXT versus NXT UK. Yeah, and, and Survivor. Survivor yeah. Series style thing, and then it's like a brand warfare thing because the NXT brand is way more over than the UK brand. Is. Absolutely, yeah. And that was quite clear at like download last year. Like The NXT UK brand doesn't really have a massive amount of interest in it. So if you were looking to this as a direct shot of like mm-hmm. a doo shooting from the hip, you'd have brought the main brand over, yeah. like they did for London. Absolutely. And you would have had someone smashing up a, a Cody Rhodes-shaped throne. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done exactly. with the show. It's like, yeah. Shoveling the like a little, stardust. Like a, yeah, a, a, show, a Cody Rhodes-like uh, Guy Fawkes <laughs> style. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Pete Quinnell, what are people saying in the chat? Do they think so, it was a shoot or a work? Or what do they think? Or uh, well, there's a whole lot of talk about not what you're talking about and people just comparing what's better between WWE and AEW. And That's kind about, of what we're talking about. Sort of, yeah. Um, lots of uh, opinions. Let's just say that. Opinions. Opinions. Nice. Well, anyway, what's happening up in the Super Chats? Super Chats. So, uh, Angel Perez comes in. Uh, it says, NXT TakeOver was amazing. I was there. Oh, cool. Oh, Man, I'm right. glad I have you had a good time. It was a really good show. Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, it was, it really, was nice. really cool. Yeah. That ladder match. Uh, Tim Art uh, comes in with a donation saying, uh, 12 a.m. down here in Australia. I'm drifting off to sleep to get up early tomorrow to study for my uni exams. Then I get a notification for this live stream. I guess I'm not studying much tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you have to study. No, you do it like Arnold Rimmer. Yeah. Like Arnold Rimmer and Red Dwarf, where you, just, you spend all your time planning... And then realizing that you spent too much time planning that you don't have enough time to study. Uh, so then you had six weeks. Now you've only got four weeks. So then you have to replan those four weeks. <laughs> but then you spend all of that time replanning it. And then before you know, you've got to do six weeks worth of studying in five hours. And then you say brain pills to get that done. Just study. <laughs> don't listen to Luke. He I doesn't I, know what he's talking about. I really about. wouldn't listen to me. I didn't study Luke. for anything. And I barely got out of school. <laughs> <laughs> Luke only knows things from niche sci-fi programs. <laughs> uh, Jay Buller comes in and says, uh, Hey guys, greetings from Texas. Where does Breeze go from here? Your thoughts, please. Well, I'm staying in NXT by all accounts, which mm-hmm. I'm super happy about. Seeing like proper Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Really put a smile on my And face. I don't think Breeze lost anything. We'll get onto it later. But oh, I yeah. don't think Breeze lost anything in this loss. Yeah. I think he's only going to be elevated to a position of probably winning that title oh, yeah. really the next like time. Yeah. yeah, this felt like it was a setting up a rematch as opposed to dream definitively won. Well, this, this was very, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it more, but this was very subtly positioning the baby face and the heel in this scenario, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. What we got next? Uh, next up, we've got uh, Platinum Dragon Studios says, is WWE scared of AEW and should they be? Support WrestleTalk. You should support wrestlers, for, for starters. Mm. Um, are they scared? I think they are annoyed. I don't <laughs> think they're scared. I think annoyed is a better word. Um, I don't think they should. Should, though, is an interesting word. Because with their ratings very much struggling yep. at the moment, that's probably only going to get worse yep. if, and I'm saying if, I'm going to underline if, AEW pulls in some big ratings on turn. This is the thing. At the moment, there's no reason to... The only thing to be scared of is the unknown because we don't know anything about the TV show, really, like, or when it's going to go out and that kind of thing. And that's the, that's the key. The crux is, when does it go out? Is it a directly competing product? Is it going to cannibalize WWE's audience? If that's the case, be scared. If not, it might just drive more wrestling fans to getting into a ritual of watching more television. Yep. So you might just get more viewers because people are like, well, I can watch wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday now. Yeah. AEW's on a Thursday. And the flip side of that, again, because it's the, the unknown, 
it could create loads of wrestling fans, yeah. which in then theory is that's more wrestling fans for you to try and coax over to watch your product as well mm-hmm. and sign up to the network and, and come to get you to come to your shows. Exactly. Like, you know, I can the, the like Monday they're night- getting Stephen if they're getting Stephen Amell to appear on AEW somewhere down the line, like, you know, he was tweeting to say how much he loved uh, double or nothing and they were Brandy was like tweeting about like well when where were you then and, you know but like if he if he turns, starts turning up at their events again and stuff like that you get crossover with famous people that are into AEW you're gonna bring new fans in because they're fans of people who are fans of wrestling they're like maybe I wanna know what Arrow yeah. thinks of wrestling exactly and what else is out there and you kind of create like you know during the Monday Night War you had a large pool of wrestling fans mm-hmm. that were split across two companies but also you had them that were jumping between the two so you'd have people who were watching Raw at the same time but jumping over to see what's happening on Nitro jump back to watch Raw and it's going to be different because they're not going to be on the same show yeah. or on the same night but you are you do have the chance here <laughs> to possibly elevate and create new wrestling fans and elevate both products so sh- should maybe but also be excited yeah I think the key I think the key is that it's not they should be scared of the product because I don't think in any way it's going to kill them off it's it's, it should be causing them to internally consider what they are doing Mm -hmm. and whether that is good enough now because that's the thing they've not had to consider that before Yeah, yeah they've always got ratings of some degree they've only ever been rewarded for poor choices by getting bigger deals <laughs> and making more money so we've lost all our viewers yeah. have money yes yeah. <laughs> and this is so this is the first time that i think they have to do some sort of self-reflection and go like it's bad that the ratings are falling there's yeah. now this other thing that could come along and steal all the ratings that we were the, the poor ratings that we were getting yeah so yeah it's time for the reflection of like how do we fix this problem and it's probably not what they're doing currently. Then more answers will come come October. Mm-hmm. Pete, uh, RJ Calmarin, uh, no message, but a generous donation. Thank you very much. Very much. Uh, William Adams says Chopper Pete is the best. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Boo. <laughs> shut up, uh, Hartley. Shut Reaper. up, not Randy. <laughs> I get the Randy treatment, do I? <laughs> Whoever's in the chair gets the Randy treatment. Not Randy. <laughs> Uh, Hartley Reaper uh, comes in and says, uh, "Shows actually producing wrestling. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, who'd have thunk it? Eh? Mm, yeah, crazy. Putting on, putting on just five really good wrestling matches mm. and people really enjoyed it. Who'd have thunk that'd work? But it's mm-hmm. stupid, isn't it? Because it's like it was a show with what was essentially a lack of angles. There weren't a huge amount of like very wrestling angles, but they did all the angles in the lead up to it, and then at the show, just did a wrestling show, and it was amazing. Yeah. So it turns out that you can just do." storyline in the weekly show in the weekly product and then on the pay-per-views just give people what they want to see the yeah. wrestling but yeah and really as we said like this was a show that was built over four weeks as opposed to like the three months that they usually mm-hmm. build these shows over so in four weeks the last TV taping cycle they were like uh oh it's a takeover we need to yeah. build to let's write four weeks worth of storylines and we'll build to a big show and that'll happen at, at TakeOver 25 we'll have a really good night of wrestling but angles really work as well when the ta- when it's the tactical deployment of angles like mm-hmm. every if, when every match is just an angle you don't get any like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't just get any great finishes where you're just like, oh, I love that match. And the angle, therefore, that follows is not shocking. Like, if Adam Cole's debut had come on a night where five other guys had slid into the ring and super kicked someone in the face, you'd be like, oh, well, it's just another dude doing that. But because yeah. it was the end of a show in which most matches had kind of been fairly clean finishes, this shocking debut 
was like the talking point. And they're very good at NXT at making the, the right things the talking point and the focus of the show. No, what you need is you need to have someone do a pin, but their shoulders aren't really down. So they need to have people debate, was that you supposed need to, to conf- be the you finish? You need to confuse people <laughs> into enjoying stuff. That is the problem. <laughs> it's the key to success. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, three donations with no messages from Ruben Jorge, Michael Street, and Ruben Jorge again. Thank you very, Thank much, you very much, all three Thank of you. you. Or two of you. Uh, Tim Arndt again says, uh, you think the next match between Shayna and Io will be a kind of hardcore match, maybe involving Candice and the other horsewomen in a handicap match? Uh, I could certainly see them doing uh, a hardcore match or or Candice stick on a pole match. Oh, God. Don't. Just to prove that, <laughs> maybe just to prove that it Don't. can be done well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if there's one, yeah. if there's one brand that could do an uh, do something on a pole match right, it, I would yeah. give say it's NXT. Well, they would have done it with Bailey, right? Like <laughs> they wouldn't have made Bailey go. Oh, I can't use this. Yeah, Kendo sticking a pole match. That's what I'm, sure, that's what I'm calling. But mm. then don't go by my predictions. I only got one right on uh, Takeover 25. Oof. <laughs> terrible in predictions. Mm. Uh, we've got uh, Keith Fries saying uh, NXT is the true alternative, like Pepsi Blue. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Uh, Asaya Fakire sorry if I messed that name up uh, do you think AEW will take a chance on potential popular but problematic wrestlers i.e. Austin Aries or Alberto Del Rio I'm not sure about Del Rio I can certainly see him doing Austin Aries though yeah yeah not sure about Del Rio I think Del Rio's got too much baggage with him I think and also that but I also think that wrestling fans aren't massively keen on him so not only are you bringing yeah. in his baggage but you're also bringing in a lot of negativity. A bad smell. Yeah, a bad smell. Yeah, he's a fart that follows you into a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Austin Aries, if you can rein him in, he's a very he's a good talent. It's yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, but actually, Del Rio's a great talent yeah. as well. It's just that I don't think I don't think he's. Yeah, but Austin Aries doesn't come with like Austin Aries comes with a rampant ego mm. and not like a, a problematic uh, yeah. approach to work. And fans <laughs> do, and I think fans do like him as well. Yeah. Uh, Kavon Brown says Adam Cole champion baby yeah yeah he is I mean that wasn't what I predicted dang it I did I thought they were going to go in a very different direction with the Undisputed Era but uh, the exact opposite well we'll we'll get to that unfortunate Um, we've got uh, John Marth no message but a donation nonetheless thank you very much uh, Jobber JJ four nine six says Street Profits that ladder match. Yeah, I've got, I actually had an email about the Street Profits, which I'm going to find so I can read it out on air. But um, yeah, please carry on. Cool. Um, we'll, we'll go uh, to the next, and we'll come back to it. Do, yeah, uh, we've got Jeffrey Pridemore saying Moxley said money isn't everything. Can moving back across to NXT help morale if that's what the wrestlers truly want? Much love from Detroit. Absolutely, I think that's uh, entirely the point of Tyler Breeze going back. I think it was he was just, you know. Clearly, you don't get into wrestling to not wrestle uh, and to just do silly skits. And like, as much as you might like being on Up, Up, Down, Down, it probably feels a bit like the death of your wrestling career if that's all you're doing. Uh, so, yeah, moving back to NXT is probably a massive ego boost for him as well because you get to walk back in as someone who was completely mistreated on the main roster and you walk back in as a star at a place that remembers who you are and welcomes you back with open arms and chants and all that kind of stuff, and you walk straight into a title match. Like, yeah. it, it, I think it's good for the people who are there currently. It's like a, not all hope is lost if you do leave. Uh, it's good morale for Tyler Breeze to come back and finally have like people care again. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's great also for people like Velveteen Dream to be in the ring with someone as tenured as Tyler Breeze. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it was. I think it would be a case of Tyler wanted to go. Yep. Voiced his frustrations. They said, "What do you want?" He said, "I want to go back to NXT." Yeah, 
And it's like, and it's a, but it's a much, because and it's much, much better than trying to go like I want to leave completely. I think we would much rather send you back to NXT than rather ha- than leave for the competition or leave for elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Pete, uh, some we time have a, to think about their, what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, how many more have we got? Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Uh, six let's more. have two. Two and then, then we'll cool. move on to the main shows. We've got a lot to talk about. Sure thing. Uh, we have got Core Dream Studios. Uh, it says, good morning from New York, USA. Much <coughs> love, Pete, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Oh, New York, best place ever. Good morning. It's love great. It. So good. And then we've got Anton H saying, NXT needs a TV deal. Would be great financially. Introduce casuals to NXT and shows what's great about WWE. But it does devalue the WWE network. Mm-hmm. Very possibly, actually, yeah, yeah. A friend, I was talking to a friend of mine about this uh, the other day, and he said his biggest annoyance in the world is that the network is thirty days behind because yeah. it, oh it was, because he's just like, if I could just not have, I mean, he's got Sky Sports at the moment, but he doesn't want to have to let go of Sky Sports and then get BT Sports, so we can watch Raw and SmackDown. It's like, right. if it could just be on the network, that'd be the best. It w- wouldn't it just like it would just make our jobs so much easier. <laughs> yeah. But it's a case of TV deals are sort of king around these parts, yeah. Um, like Kong, so you've really got to bow down to those. There's always a chance, though, that NXT could end up on FS1. Like that's been mm. the rumor, that's been the talk. So maybe come October, NXT will be on TV, but and then it will be thirty days behind on the network. On the network, yeah, which would be a real shame. I wonder if that hurt. I think that might hurt the network. I mean, it might well, do. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're better off offering some sort of advertising thing, though, because like the only thing that is advertised on the network when I watch it is WWE. So why, yeah. why wouldn't you say to BT Sport and all your broadcasters, it's like, we'll do your adverts on the network just so we can put the show out the right at the same time. Mm. Well, they'd have to be like, Cage Jewelers at one point, I think, was doing some advert mm. spots on the network, but it didn't last very long. Yeah. Is that what well, so Cage like Jewelers. Like, it's what wrestling fans be like, oh, I do need to buy some diamonds, actually, yeah. while I'm here, while I'm watching the Velveteen Dream wrestle. I do need to buy some diamonds. <laughs> um, right, so do you want to add one more? Uh, one last thing, just before you uh, get back onto it, your discussion about uh, the NXT UK Cardiff um, and all Out and the New Japan Show. Uh, something that's actually just come up on Twitter just before the stream started, which is uh, from uh, a New Japan guy mm-hmm. saying, per our UK sources, WWE had a spy in one of the ticket agencies mandated by Copperbox. New Japan were using for Royal Quest. Saw that New Japan had only sold had only sold 2,000 tickets, but didn't realize they had a second ticket agency, and that total sales were 5,000 plus. WWE thought sales were bad, saw money on the table, didn't do the research on competing events, e.g. the rugby match, and rushed in circa March. Now WWE are facing a situation with twice as many wrestling fans as they thought already committed to going to Royal Quest and hugely inflated Cardiff hotel costs due to the Wales vs. Ireland World Cup warm-up rugby game at least £100 a night. So yeah, that's where I thought... I did see some people who had been talking about the ticket sales thing. That must have been where it was from. Uh, thank you very much for that, Pete. Good investigative, uh, invest- whatever I said. Investigative. Investigative work. Thank you that very one? much. Good producing yes. there, Pete. Good, good producing. Alligator, Pete. <laughs> good dancing. Right. Uh, yes, thank so that, to you. Thank you. So that is very interesting mm. on that topic then. If it was a case of they thought, ha, 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 well, New Japan. Well, we can sneak in. Yeah, yeah, they've screwed the pooch with their ticket sales. Oh, how big, can you find out how big, how big is the venue, Copper Box? Copper Box. I shall Google. Thank you. Uh, but I let's mean, it's across about... the road from here. We could walk over to find out, but you might have to wait <laughs> what, a while. Can, can, yeah. One, two, three, four. <laughs> one, two, three, four. 
Just find the last seat, yeah. the number, and then add the rows. Easy. Yeah, you could do. I'm just going to be standing I've behind. counted a venue before. <laughs> I'm just going to be standing behind you saying different numbers trying to put you off. <laughs> up uh, to, it's up to 7,500. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, so they, capacity. Yeah, so they've already sold two-thirds three, of the yeah, tickets, two-thirds, yeah. but in with three months to go. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. But then that might spell trouble for NXT UK Cardiff. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, as you said, because of the rugby. Because do you know what's popular in Wales? Rugby. Blooming rugby. It's quite popular over in Wales. We love the rugby. They bloody love the rugby. We bloody love the rugby in Wales. Anyway, let's talk about NXT regular takeover 25. Plain flavoured. <laughs> NXT ready salted <laughs> 25. Um, they had an amazing video package at the start of this because this is the oh, 25th so takeover. So it was celebrating their history of takeovers and you know we started five years ago they started with arrival and going mm-hmm. through our evolution respect before they started naming them after the cities they were in and things like that and they showed the London one and then you start like the stars that have come up from NXT like Sami Zayn Shinsuke Nakamura Finn Balor Kevin Owens Charlotte Becky even shots of Jushin Thunder Liger mm-hmm. and an NXT show Big hype then for the main three matches of the show. I thought this was a terrific, terrific video package. I love this opening uh, video package. Anything I disliked about it was seeing all the faces of people who've been ruined by the company. But yeah. that it was it was also just like, look how much talent there is in this company and look look at some of their highlights from like probably the, their career highlights in terms of like matches they've had, things they've done. Hope is not lost for WWE. They've yeah. still got a lot of these people who also, some of them won't want to leave right now and will be swayed into staying if they're given the right opportunity, surely. I also give a lot of props to NXT as well for this amount of growth in that five-year period. Mm. Really, yeah. really great stuff. It just shows that if you are sort of dedicated to, if you're creating a product that people are looking for, then you will find fans for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 credit to NXT for that. Also, credit to Mauro Ronaldo for his lovely mustard jacket that he was wearing. Mm. It was delightful. It looked delicious. Um, <laughs> it looked delicious. I'm going to lick Mauro Ronaldo. And uh, they also uh, like, <clears throat> announced a little tidbit that Johnny Gargano has <coughs> been on 14 of the 25 takeovers. Mm-hmm. He really is Johnny Takeover. He really is, yeah. Uh, As does of- Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. They said in that opening package I as well. can't believe he's been in there that long. He feels like a more new like addition. Mm. But yeah. Uh, but our opening contest was Roderick Strong versus Matthew Riddle. Uh, this was just a straight one-on-one match. But it was absolutely awesome. This was an incredible opener. Yeah. They, yeah. they just came out like a house on fire. And they, just, oh, yeah. they just did big move after big move. Clever ring psychology. Like put each other through the paces. They were they were like the commentators kept putting over the idea that Roderick Strong has the best conditioning in NXT. Like you know he goes at a pace that other people can't keep up with. Except Riddle did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like they did they did a classic like what I would say is normally a multi man tag match opener mm-hmm. with two guys. Yeah, like they did that that sort of pacing that you get out of the North American Championship ladder match and that kind of thing. They just pulled that off with two dudes. Oh, it was so good. It was so unbelievably good. Uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit here. So we were in Birmingham over the weekend. We are at the UK Games Expo. And mm. we were playing playing Captain Sonar. I I this Sonar. We are playing Captain Sonar uh, in the uh, Hotel Lome, like bar area of where we were staying. And you were checking <laughs> up on the results. And we had said on the prediction show, if you want to go back and rewatch the prediction show, my set of predictions really did hinge actually both of us yeah. both our sets of predictions really hinged on this first match oh yeah 
Because, as we said, if Riddle wins, I'm balked for the rest of the yeah, night. Because like, there's no way they're doing any of the other stuff that exactly. I thought. Yeah. We, really, we put all of our chips down onto one theory. Yep, yep. And it was like, and it I'm all comes all down. in. I'm all in. I mean, in. sorry, I'm NXT. <laughs> I'm TakeOver Cardiff on this one match. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, Matt did win. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I'm knackered for the rest of the night now. Yeah. And that would, that would end up being true that as well. firing your own torpedo yourself. <laughs> Fire torpedo. <laughs> So uh, I really, I just like, I submerged and yeah. then didn't do anything and just let yeah. everyone look at me. These are all Captain Sonar references <laughs> for those who haven't played the game. But back to this match. <laughs> My favorite spot of this match, which I absolutely loved, was when Riddle was making his comeback. He hits this amazing suplex. So like, like Strong is working him over. Mm-hmm. And he goes to lock in a suplex. But there's no like, oh, I nearly got you. I nearly got you. It's literally just, he gets into suplex position, but Riddle already has suplexed him over. It was really, really quick. And it was almost brain buster like. Yeah. He starts making this comeback and he hits a GTS. And as Roddy lands down, selling the GTS spins round, he Riddle grabs him and hits a German suplex. Yeah. It was amazing. It ruled. There were, there were so a, good. There were a few chains in this match like that. Like Riddle does that other one where he does he the ripcord knee, uh, and then he hits a V like a V trigger thing. Flips them over, hits on another knee. Like there's a few chains that they do in this match that are just amazing bits of wrestling. Roddy did one as well where he did like three backbreakers in a row, then a uh, butterfly power bomb. Yeah. And as Riddle kicks out, flips him over into the stronghold. Yeah. Like it's so clever. This was it was, it was such a yeah. re- like everyone when someone was on top, they were relentless in terms of just like putting the hurt on the other person. Which then built into the finish because like. Strong gets the knees up on a spinning senton to the injured back again. You've got Nigel screaming like, it's over, it's over. But when Riddle locks in the bro mission, he is raining down elbows, kind of mm. like we saw with, uh, against Cassius Ono mm-hmm. uh, on TV. And he was just picking him up and just raining more and more elbows on him. As you said, when they were on top, when whoever was on top was being vicious yeah. and like really, really hammering into them. And eventually he hits the bro Derek for the win, which mm. is kind of his cradle tombstone pile driver. Mm-hmm. So I want to say a rare pinfall victory for Matt Riddle in NXT has been very much based around the bro mission. So I think adding uh, and putting over the bro Derek as a a slam finishing move, kind of like what they've done with Becky Lynch over on SmackDown, Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, on Raw, I think is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's really, really smart. Yeah, it's smart to have a pinfall. Uh, finisher in your arsenal and that it's a good idea as well to like not always have him tap people out because part of Roddy's thing as well is that he's a he's a very good wrestler so it's like if you want to if you want to tell a story where they were very evenly matched and it was quite a quick victory getting a one two three is much easier than locking in a submission mm-hmm. I think yeah I thought it was a great opening. Mm. Oh, it was amazing. Big, was, big fan yeah. of this. And um, yeah, they were kind of putting over this saying that the rumors are that he's going to be going for the NXT championship. But as you were talking about in the office, the mm. other part of that commentary is that he's also still eyeing up that North American championship yeah. that he didn't beat Dream 4. So I'm wondering if he could be the first dual title holder in NXT. Yeah. Yeah, like that would be... Well, I mean, yeah, dual title was in dual singles title because I guess Cole, technically, if we're using Freebird rules, was North American champion while the NXT yeah, yeah. tag team champion. That's true, yes. Um, we saw HBK and Road Dog in the crown comparing their Hall of Fame rings. And then we got... Such cool guys. So this is difficult because clearly Cole versus Gargano was match of the night. Yeah. 
But I did very much enjoy this ladder this wins match. The match of, this wins the match of my heart. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. My brain is saying, it's definitely Cole Gargano. Oh, but yeah. my heart is saying, it's this four-way yeah, ladder match. This was so good. It was the Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons versus the Undisputed Era versus Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships. We've got a video package of this recapping the title, uh, War Raiders what are they called now? Viking Raiders, relinquishing the titles, Whatever. and then promos from all four teams, which is a bit goofy because they're all sort of filmed up on ladders, and it was mm-hmm. a, bit, you know, a bit hokey, but I liked it. Um, <laughs> and it was... I mean, we can't go through this, spot, this match spot by spot, but there were so I, many I've spots. written so many notes on this match, like yeah. a ludicrous amount of, mo- uh, of notes. Because I, I told myself, I'm only going to note down the things that I think are worth talking about. But they just did... And so- wrote, writing down loads. It was, it, was, it was inventive, is what I thought. Like, yes. you know, like a lot of ladder matches do very similar spots. And this was... They'd thought of a lot of cool new bits and bobs to do. Like, I loved when the Forgotten Sons had the ladder on their head and they were doing the charge into everyone. And then Birch and Law can just sneak up behind and just like double German. But to just really sell it home. Yeah. Those guys just popped that ladder off their head as they were going. Flung it across the ring. Kyle O'Reilly was like, he was in the firing range. He was inches from that. Inches from being hit by And that that is seconds after as well. He took that bump off the top. They pushed over a ladder. Yeah. And I don't know how they managed to push over a ladder. And Kyle O'Reilly somehow managed to end up on top of a ladder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like it was, he was on the underside of it, and then somehow in the fall managed to end up on top of it yeah. and smashed his back to smithereens. Oh, and then he just and this, this was and then was took a, about six more bumps on it. <laughs> oh, the, a ladder was like the set. Like, oh, sorry, it was the ninth person in this match. Yeah, there was one ladder that was doing so much work mm. of just like taking or having people take bumps onto it. It was this like sequence where everyone was just being thrown onto these ladders. Yeah, onto the, I'd say onto these ladders. This one ladder. Yeah. It was just move after move after move with various different people getting in and hitting moves onto this ladder. Yeah. It was absolutely spectacular. The Street Profits did a, a really cool spot where they laid, uh, I can't remember who they lay on there, but they lay someone on there, lifted it up, yeah. and then Ford does a leapfrog over Dawkins and yeah, just did. sort of crotches himself on top of the person on top of the ladder. That was the ladder that was doing all and the work. And they did it yeah. a couple of times. And then Kyle O'Reilly breaks it up by doing a missile drop kick. And then landing on the ladder himself. Um, speaking of Montez Ford, he did a frog splash that had so much impact that when he was selling it, he was nearly walking on his hands. Yeah, <laughs> just hands like just hand standed away. Like I've always, yeah, said, da, 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 da. I've always said, Rob Van Dam has the best sell of the frog splash mm. because he really sells. Like he, it feels like there's so much impact. And he like bounces upward and he sells his midsection. Mm. Montez Ford bounces up into, as you say, into a handstand position. Then essentially goes before falling down. He is unreal. Yeah. Montez Ford. His dive that he did. Mm. So there was a moment when... So Jackson Riker comes down to the during the match. So Carla Riley and Bobby Fischer are in the ring. Carla and Jackson Riker just sort of stands there at the top of this ramp. Like a Terminator just storms down and he lays waste to everyone. This was this was the Jackson Riker I've waited for. Yeah. This was, this was like... This is the perfect deployment of him and it should be like this with him. Like... Yeah. After the Umberto Carrillo beatdown, I was like, this is what you want to do with him. Like, if you're going to make him a, like a psychopath and he's going to stare the camera out all the time, have him go nuts on people. And he went nuts on yeah. everyone. He laid waste to the all the other three teams. Obviously not his own team, but he laid waste to the other three teams in this match. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. Like, and even when people were kind of getting a bit of offense, he was like, oh, okay, these will be the guys that shut him down. No. No. He it took still... all six other people in this match yeah. to shut him down. There's a moment when he lays out everyone and there's only 
Oni Lorcan left, and you're like, ah, it's going to be Oni. Yeah. Oni's going to run, and he's going to hit this big European uppercut, and it's going to be wicked. No, he runs towards him. Jack Swagger just grabs him and goes, nope. <laughs> and just, like, back body drops him onto the ladder, and you're like, oh, uh, not yeah. even Oni can stop yeah. him. Je ne pas de that. <laughs> and so he just lays waste to everyone. And then, and this might be my favorite moment of the whole match, all of these six guys get into the ring, and they all work together. So you've then got, like, Bobby, uh, Bobby Fish and... Danny Burch working together, like using a ladder together to take out Jackson Riker. Mm. And it was like, we need to put aside our differences for the moment so we can get rid of this Terminator yeah. that they were putting over so strong in this match. Is this really he took so much damage but and was, just didn't go down. He was he was like how some people think that Captain Marvel is pushed in the uh, uh, the MCU. Yeah. Like he's too overpowered. Yeah, like yeah. he was just being, everyone was just laying waste to him what, like hither and yonder. And then he gets outside and then... <laughs> and then we get this dive from Montez <coughs> Ford, which was enormous. Yeah. This was like, it's the big Undertaker dive that he does. Yeah. But he got so much yeah. incredible air on this. It was absolutely amazing. Because they knock him out of the ring, don't they? Yes. And then they knock him out of the ring, and Fish and O'Reilly are there holding a ladder. And then O'Reilly snaps up. Mm. The, the structure folds it up and they knock him off the apron and then they turn around both holding the ladder still and Ford just leaps over the ladder and the ropes and all the way to Jackson Riker who is out of position yeah. too far away and still hits it and hits it picture perfectly mm. absolutely amazing the other thing I thought was very interesting from this match is it really felt like it was setting up a potential match for the next NXT takeover or at least what we might say the next set of tapings which is a feud between the era and the Forgotten Sons which we've been sort of talking mm -hmm. about on the, this show before like you could do a sort of faction warfare because when Jackson Riker was in the ring laying waste to everyone you, it was all built around Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly were at the start they were also the ones that were at the end of this segment yeah. and you've got Bobby Fish shouting you want a war you want a war Yeah, and like it really feels like it was a challenge so you could build for the next show strong fish and o'reilly versus the forgotten sons yeah while adam cole is defending the nxt championship in the main events see i think they might do yeah and then you can also then build that into war games if the forgotten sons get another member like if there's a secret forgotten sons member that you bust out for war games mm -hmm. yeah that kind of thing could work quite nicely i absolutely loved 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 this match. it was amazing I, I thought it was it was it was good storytelling as well because i think in terms of the Undisputed Era, like they, they played this well because Strong's match was so close and it didn't feel like anyone had the advantage at all. It, was, it just felt like it came down to who, who caved first. This match as well, Fish and O'Reilly were in control for so much of the match. They, they were completely dominant here until the Forgotten Sons got involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, it, you know, and then it's... It was this moment at the end where Forgotten Sons were on. They tipped the ladders over. So they they both climbed, didn't they? So Fish and O'Reilly climbed and Blake and Cutler climbed. Mm. Was it, Blake and, it was Blake and Cutler. Uh, there was a, a bit... Oh, no, sorry. It was, it was Birch and Lorcan yes, on the ladder. Yes, they do a hockey fight at the top Yeah, of they the do ladder. a hockey fight. And then the Forgotten Sons tip the ladders. Yeah. And then as they climb... Dawkins and Montez Ford get involved. Dawkins just powers through Spears. I think it was uh, Blake... And then Montez Ford does a springboard onto the ladder. He knocks Cutler off and he grabs the titles. The Street Profits win. This was their first ever takeover mm -hmm. show, which is quite stunning, really. And they win the tag team titles on their first show. Yeah. Really great showing for the Profits. Really put them over strong. Mm -hmm. I think it put all four teams over really strong yeah. as well. So no, one, no one was the weak link. Absolutely. It it everyone did their parts perfectly. This was <coughs> such a fun 
ladder match. Yeah. NXT ladder matches could uh, is like my new favorite thing because mm. you got like the, the North American ladder match, then you got this one, and I was thinking about the uh, the DIY Authors of Pain ladder match as well. Like yeah. I think they they haven't done a foot wrong with these ladder matches yet. So this was yeah. So this maybe I, that Bo Dallas. I was one. chatting to uh, Simon earlier about this, and he was saying how he felt like the moment that Jackson Riker comes down to interrupt this ladder match was almost like an FU to the Brock Lesnar <laughs> Money in the Bank one, right? Because it's the same thing of like this guy who's not in the match who's a complete monster, storms to the ring and tries to take control of the match. And yet, Jackson Ryker, one, obeyed the rules. Mm-hmm. Unlike Brock Lesnar, who just went, I'll climb the ladder and take the briefcase, I guess. LOL, I win. LOL, I win, yeah. Jackson Ryker looked, at least, for Blake and Cutler. was like, guys, you need to get up because you need to go up here and get yeah. this. It, you're the tag team. But then, but then it, the people who were having the match and who put their bodies on the line for this whole thing, for this spectacle, turned around and beat him yeah. and sent him away. Like It did feel like... The exact counterpoint to the Money in the Bank ladder match. If I'd have done this uh, show with Housemate Simon, then do you think that thumbnail would have been NXT shoots on WWE? NXT <laughs> shoots, yeah. NXT <laughs> shoots on Brock. <laughs> shoots on themselves. Shoots all over Brock. Uh, so I had this email in about the Street Profits. Go and for it. We get this every now and again because you and I are very, very high on the Street mm-hmm. Profits. We have, since day one of them being in NXT, we have been on the Street Profits train. Yeah. I've been like, these are this. One of the best teams in WWE mm-hmm. all over. Montez Ford is an absolute star. And yeah, him especially. Yeah. But we've had a lot of comments from people. We've had things on Twitter. We've had it on Discord. We've had it in the YouTube comments saying, like, I don't get it. Yeah. I do not get the Street Profits. I cannot fathom why you like them so much. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. So we got this email in from Julian. And I'm not reading this out to be like a, hey, we were right and you guys were wrong. That's not the way I'm pitching this. But uh, he, Julian says, hey, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, and Simon Nater. Uh, for the longest, I wasn't on board uh, with the Street Profits hype train. And every time you guys went on and on about them, I rolled my eyes. I didn't really like the ring work. I thought their attitude was obnoxious. And overall, they just kind of annoyed me. However, that ladder match completely changed it all for me. It was like someone flipped the switch. I even ordered some of their merch. Luke, you're absolutely right. That's his words, not mine. Ford <laughs> has superstar ring all Said over no him. no one ever. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Certainly when it comes to predictions. Yeah. Oh, Luke, you were right about that one. <laughs> Said very rarely this season. Uh, Montez Ford has superstar written all over him. Without a doubt, he should be a future WWE champion. That is all. Stay great. Yeah. I, I, I just think they always had the career. I think I, I agree. Early days for them guys, they didn't have the in-ring ability. They had a couple of cool moves and they had the fact that Charisma. Mont- and they had they the fact and they had the fact that Montez Ford can jump higher than any man I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had charisma for days. And I think they, while they worked on, whereas I think a lot of other people come in trying to be charismatic, they came in genuinely charismatic while not having necessarily the ring work. But I meant, it meant that they could rest on the thing they were good at and work on the stuff that they were bad at. Not bad at, but not as good as everyone else was. And I think they've now elevated themselves to that level where they feel this felt like the right time for them to win the championship. I didn't feel like before they were they particularly ever were at the right point to be the champions. Mm-hmm. This definitely felt like the moment. Yeah, and I, to put over Ford even more, I, Angela Dawkins hasn't had the world's greatest NXT career. No, like he's very much been a guy that people just see like. The curse of greatness, the whole bowl thing. No one really got it. He never got over. Mm -hmm. I think Montez Ford has elevated him so, so much. And it's interesting. If you go back and watch the entrance that they do, Ford is the one that's leading it. Dawkins is always looking to Ford to be like, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. And Ford is like, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here. Because Montez, he's an absolute leader 
and he knows how to get this group over, mm-hmm. how to get this act over. And it just works so well. Those two together are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it would work if it was just either one of them. No. Like, I think Ford would have the most chance of being a single star. But I think the pair. I think it's the pairing that makes it work because it it feels like this party atmosphere. Yeah, they, you know the whole sippy cup thing, like running around together. It all kind of just feels like this group thing. Yeah, I was. I think actually a good teams competitor to is too cool in that sense. Mm. Scotty Toy, an absolutely incredible worker, so underrated as a worker. Yeah. But him as a solo star would not have been as over as too cool were as a tag no. team. It's good. It's good to have someone to bounce off, and I think Angelo Dawkins' Curse of Greatness thing works in this scenario. It didn't. It, it felt. It feels egotistical on your own, mm-hmm. and when you're doing it with your mates, it feels like nicknames. Yeah, absolutely. I think Montez Ford really has pulled out the best in Dawkins. Yeah. I think Dawkins always had it there, and I think he needed Montez to pull it out of him. Uh, anyway, backstage we had Eo and Candice <coughs> having a quick meeting with Candice, saying that she's got her back if anything gets mm-hmm. out of hand. But uh, up next, we had Tyler Breeze versus the Velveteen Dream for the NXT North American Championship. Tyler fully back in Prince Pretty mode, even with the introduction of, like, from his residence in Insert Place, because mm-hmm. he's no longer a policeman. He is back to being the fashion model. Yeah. He's back to being Zoolander. Yes. That, that's what we're, that's, we're back to Zoolander, Prince Pretty, Tyler Breeze. I liked the, I liked so the serious gear, Tyler Breeze, as yep. well. Like, he looks, you know, they got rid of all the tassels and stuff. This was like... I'm a serious wrestler now, Tyler yeah. Breeze. So, Prince so Pretty, great. but very much now just like in, I think in a modern NXT as well. Like I think mm-hmm. when he was first in NXT, all that sort of like larger gimmick stuff was kind of doing the rounds. You had the Adam Roses of the world and all that kind of stuff in there. No Way Jose. You're both Alice's. All that stuff has been cleared out now. So like you've kind of got to go a bit more straight laced with it. And I think this really worked. Yeah, um, and they were even putting over the fact that Tyler Breeze was on the very first NXT mm-hmm. show, like not show, but like the big show they did before it was even called Takeover, and it was NXT Arrival. Yeah, Tyler Breeze was on that show. So actually, even if Tyler Breeze wasn't back full time with NXT, this still would have been a really nice thing to have done. To yes, have, absolutely. Like, yeah, someone yeah. who was on the very first show to come back for the twenty fifth. Yeah. I think it's a really nice moment. But <laughs> the fact that he's back full time is even better. Yeah, um, I think it was a it was a lovely bit of history. Yes, not the most elaborate entrance I've seen for the Velveteen Dream either. Just come out no. wearing a nice shirt. Yeah, I think uh, some other people were getting some better entrances here. Mm. <laughs> I think I think they didn't want to like I made, like I think the the, op- the two options here were to either do they both come out with a similar entrance or they both come out really over elaborately. Mm. And maybe they didn't have the budget to do both doing over elaborately after having to get a venue in the last four weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do uh, to defer to you on this one because you had your point you wanted to make about the defining who is the face and heel in this dynamic. Yeah. So I uh, well. So I think this match, it, it was a very good match for one thing, and it was a very like it was nice to see Breeze go back to working as Breeze, mm-hmm. and like you realise that he actually does have this arsenal of moves that is really good, oh, yeah. and like can do a lot of really cool stuff. Like he did a, like a pump handle side on lung blower thing that yeah. was awesome, um, and there's a lot of like it was just a really well worked match between the two, but the f- the finish where Dream grabs the belt. And goes to kind of use it on Breeze. To me, was kind of positioning Dream as the heel here, and then because yeah. then Breeze does the honourable thing of giving the belt to the referee to not get disqualified, and that's when Dream hits the Dream Valley Driver, and then the Purple Rainmaker, and we get the finish. And to me, I was like, oh well, that that says that. And then they did the finale, which was they take a selfie together. Yeah, and that was when I was like, 
I don't know why you would do that. That's that. This is this is Tyler Breeze's equivalent of a handshake. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and he's yeah. just tried to cheat. And, and you, you had that him. during you had it during the match as well when like Dream was very much like Tyler Breeze was kind of, you know took advantage mm-hmm. of him early, and Dream was like, "Whoa, I was not expecting this," and he came out like viciously and was like really pissed off about it. Yeah. It felt like a new level of aggression from Dream. <coughs> and when he's like hammering him against the the announcer's table. And he lays him on there. He goes and grabs Tyler's phone to take a selfie with this yeah. injured Tyler Breeze and like with the title burn and everything like, say cheese. Yeah. Picture with a champ, picture with a champ. Exactly, which feels like a really heelish move. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, as you say, you combine that with the finish then where Dream essentially tried to cheat as a way to distract. And really, he wasn't looking to cheat. He was just looking to distract Breeze yeah. so that he could then take advantage of that and hit the Dream Valley Driver and the Purple Rainmaker for the win. I think, again, kind of positions him in the hill. I agree with you on that yeah. one. So, yeah, and then the selfie afterwards is a very, I don't want to say interesting, I, it was surprising then that they yeah. almost did the handshake afterwards. Yeah, so I, I felt that was, I, I didn't think that was the right call. I, I, I thought that was, it's a, it's a shame because they already did the take a selfie with a champ and then Breeze lays him out. Mm. So they'd already done that, which is what that probably should have been. I think that probably should have been that moment where they go to take a selfie and then Breeze lays him out and Breeze gets to walk out yeah. taller. But I, I can see this feud continuing from here, um, and I this can was because well. I, I, again, I don't think I don't think that finish did anything to hurt Tyler at all. I think it was actually a good way to protect him by having him give the belt back and go like, "I'm not going to get disqualified or use this and cheat to win." Yeah. So, but then he's caught out and caught short because he has to deal with holding something he's not really supposed to be holding. And again, you're talking about like positioning Breeze as the babyface. There's that moment when he knocks uh, Dream out the ring, yeah. and Dream's going to get counted out, but Tyler Breeze is so desperate to win that he rolls back in the ring to stop the referee counting yep. so that he can get him back into the ring because otherwise he's not going to win the title no. and he wants to get an honourable win. I think, I think, yeah, I think it was very perfectly positioned and I think it, it it's the right choice to make uh, Breeze the babyface here because I think he's had the hardest time. Him coming back and being a heel, he can be immediately undermined and devalued by anything that Dream says about him going to Raw and being rubbish. Like, yeah. It's much better to, to use that sympathy to make him the babyface here and I think... People were really behind Breeze in this match. Like people were the the Breeze is gorgeous. That was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Chance went around. Like really, people really want to get behind him in NXT again. Absolutely. So I can see him being a champ before the years out. Um, someone else who might be in that talk is Punishment Martinez, who's going to be mm-hmm. making his re-debut soon as Damian Priest is a <coughs> new character there. Um, he wasn't at the pre-show. Um, then the pre-show was Keith Lee versus Tesco's Finest, Kona Reeves. Oh, Tesco's Finest. And um, Bianca Belair versus Mia Yamagata. Look forward those, those to those on Wednesday. Those are the matches we'll be talking about on Wednesday, which means struggle to come up with a title. <laughs> uh, then we got, although it would be a quick watch, Io Shirai uh, up next, taking on Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. This was another really, really good match. Very much enjoyed this. Uh, a lot of aggression from Io, kind mm-hmm. of building up from this. Uh, the beatdowns that she was a, been a part of and watching them take out Kairi Sane and uh, we've seen her wiping people out with kendo sticks and, yep. and things like that. So a lot of aggression out of EO in this match. But Baszler essentially systematically destroyed her yeah, and just yeah. started to just take her apart. Uh, yeah, so I think this was my least favourite. I think my, my least, least favourite well. match in terms of in-ring work but also in terms of finish. I didn't really get it like I, yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't so on I, I just couldn't quite wrap my head around what they meant with any of this or like what they were trying to do beyond I guess swerve people in a way like they just yeah. had to I think they just had to have someone who wasn't popular win something like yeah. well, in, the, in, in, yeah. the same, in the same way that like Street Profits won 
Uh, Matt Riddle won. Velveteen Dream or Tyler Breeze could have won and it wouldn't have really mattered. Uh, I think same in the in the finale, like Cole or Gargano could have won, it wouldn't really matter. This was the only one where if Baszler wins this, people really care, mm. like, because they don't want her to. Yeah. This was the only opportunity to have a monster heel win something. Yeah, and I think a lot of people thought, I mean, we all thought, I think we all had down EO to yeah. win, so I think it was very surprising that Baszler won. But let's go through to that end. Crowd were qu- noticeably quiet during this match mm-hmm. as well. It, it should be noted. But um, as the EOs was sort of uh, was on top, out came Duke and Shafir. And yeah. they sort of walked down the ring. They didn't come out with Baszler at the start. They no. came down towards the end. And then out of nowhere, well, I say out of nowhere, from out the back, runs Candice LeRae, promised that she'd be in the corner of Io Shirai. She has a kendo stick. She just starts wailing them out. Refer- uh, the, the commentators start calling her Tenacious C. Yeah. So that she starts wailing people out. Tenacious C. She does a big sort of step-up forearm onto both of them. And that kind of like creates this sort of little distraction on the outside. And then we have Baszler uh, getting... Uh, EO in the Kirafina clutch. Nice spot. I really liked that. She was when uh, EO flipped her over or like rolled her up in the Kirafina clutch, same way the Kairi Sane mm-hmm. did. Uh, I thought that was a nice little touch. But then eventually, Basically gets the Kirafina clutch, locks it in for ages. Yeah. EO sells it like mad. And then eventually does this very slow tap out. Crowd does boo the finish because they didn't want to see Basler yep. retain. Question is then is who can beat Basler now? I think it's Candice. You think Candice? I think Can- it's Candice or Mia Yim. It will be one of the two. Dakota Kai. You think Dakota? Well, she's got a history. When's she coming back? Though? That's, I, I don't know. That's why. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm only I saying I that like because I feel like she's still rehabbing. Yeah. Uh, Let us know in the chats where she is. I, so I think it could be Candice, and I think that's why Candice has been introduced into this storyline. And I also think Candice is... I, and For the same reason that you think Dakota Kai, I think Candice fits that archetype and storyline very well as well mm-hmm. I think like her overcoming and also also, I think there's another nice layer of it being the mirror of Johnny's underdog story uh, not as hard worked as Johnny's because Candice has had barely any matches and she's won all of her matches because <laughs> yeah. she only ever faces off against Vanessa Bourne uh, <laughs> but like in, the, in that sa- I think in that same breath like she would have that there's a story to tell there of like Johnny's had all this success and I've not been allowed to wrestle anyone above this level. Mm. And I've barely been involved. I've barely had any matches. You barely booked me because of all this Johnny drama. So now Johnny's not a champion. And probably if, if he is actually injured, then going to have to go away for a bit. Or, yeah. you know, we'll probably bow out for a while. Absolutely. It's yeah. Candice's time to rise up and reign. Well, Ego certainly is going to be keeping herself in that conversation as well because she snaps after yes. the match and starts laying um, Baszler out with the kendo stick. Big old welts on the back yeah. of Shayna Baszler. And then she starts yelling at Candice to pass her a chair because she hits the moonsault. Yeah. And then she tells Candice to pass her a chair. She's climbed up for a second one. Candice, very unsure about this, yeah. really know how to react, passes her the chair. And Io Shirai then does a moonsault while holding the chair to Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Oof, rough old landing. Also as well, that first moonsault, she sure as heck fire stuck that landing. She was like, oh, yeah. oh I am hitting you with this move. Yeah, I've had enough of loot. She looked, so weirdly, EO looked pretty upset before the match. So mm. I don't know whether there was like, finding out as she's going through the curtain that she was like, you're not winning. Mm. And maybe that was meant to be the finish. Like maybe that was meant to be the actual finish. And then it was, I don't know. But it, she, she looked a bit like, Maybe overwhelmed is more mm-hmm. than upset, but I don't I don't know what was going on here, and I just don't. It's really hard to make head or tail of what the story is meant to be because now EO has got like you know everyone was it was well McGuinness was saying she's gone too far. It's this not very sportsman. That's not very sportsman like. Yeah, it's like it's 
why are we positioning Io Shirai as this kind of like she's she snaps now? Because mm-hmm. um, what does that mean for Baszler? Yeah, it's an, it's. An, I'll be very interested to see where they're going to go. Yeah, because are they, they going to do Baszler's now scared of the deranged Io Shirai, or is it can they stick on a pole match? Or or is or is Shirai Baszler going to be proud that she's broken this woman down to the point of her flipping out like Champa was with Gargano? Mm. Like it's. Well, we'll see uh, in a couple of weeks, I suppose. But I am very intrigued to see where the storyline goes. I've, of all the storylines that, that finished up on this, the ones I was really intrigued by were Undisputed Era vs. Forgotten Sons mm-hmm. and What Next for Baszler, Shirai and yeah. Candice, very much so. I just think the finish of this made it feel like... I feel like this was a TV finish for mm. a match and I, I would have preferred to have seen... And also something we have seen before. And I just feel like I would have liked the resolution to this kind of coming at yeah. this takeover. Because I don't, I don't necessarily want to see another Baszler in the title picture feud with Io Shirai until the end. So. Uh, they announced NXT TakeOver Cardiff for August 31st and we saw Stephanie McMahon in the crowd. And then we got our main event of the evening, which my brain is telling me was the best match of the night. It was Adam <laughs> Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. Cole had a rapper doing his entrance music. Loved it. Yep. I mean, I wrote down here, uh, Cole does a rapper, gets a rapper to ruin his entrance music. It's actually quite cool. It was cool. It was, it was, it was cool. So it was a Josiah Williams from uh, yeah, Wrestling uh, Flow. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard of him before, but he uh, it was actually very cool. Yeah. Uh, I like how they sort of timed the Adam Cole Bebe thing and the boom, boom and things like that. Really, really cool. I actually very much enjoyed this. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Very better cool. than Mega Ran then. Y- yes, he was. There you go. Smallpox is better than Mega Ran. <laughs> better than Mega Ran. That's how we're going to put it. Um, Gargano came out as Captain Marvel, overpushed, and um, Nigel says overpowered. That- <laughs> OP. OP. <laughs> uh, and Nigel was putting over this idea. Now, so going into this match, I knew the finish because I, you know, I saw it on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But Nigel made a very interesting point <laughs> at the start that Gargano has never successfully defended a title. Oh, he's got Sasha Banks. It's called a bad case of the Sasha Banks. When he won the tag titles, the very first NXT takeover they were defending, mm-hmm. they lost them to the Authors of Pain. Yep. He lost his North American Championship in his first defense to Velveteen Dream. Yep. And now here he is as the NXT Championship. And once again, lost it first time round to Adam Carl. Mm. So are we going to be pushing the storyline that, yeah, Gargano is... Well, we've already he's lost... Johnny Sa- Failure again. We've lost Sasha Banks. She might be not coming back, so we'll just do that storyline with someone else instead. Yeah. Um, this was an absolutely... Awesome, awesome match. So much back and forth, so much reversal, so much creativity in all yeah. of this. And just so much like amazing, uh, amazing spots. I think considering they'd already had a two out of three falls match that went on for ages and they put everything into to have come up with something that felt different using the same, like a very, you know, similar moveset, but just to tell a very different story was genius. Yeah, it really was. And it, you had um, like Gargano making these like fiery comebacks every time mm. that Cole was on top. I think one of the key points to, to note about this match, though, was that the crowd were split yeah. but by the end of the match. I would say at the start of the match, they were mostly into Cole. Yeah. Absolutely 100% behind Cole. Gargano was even booed during his, entr- like, yeah. during his introduction because the crowd wanted to see Cole win. By the middle of the match, there was some like dueling chance for both of them and kind of at like the start of the match as well. By the end, this crowd were back to 100% wanting to see Cole win. Yeah. When they were doing the yay boo spots, yeah, with yeah, Cole yeah. was the heel and Gargano was the baby face. Gargano was Roman Reigns. Yeah. And he was the baby face that was getting booed while Cole the heel was getting cheered. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe it's just it's this crowd that they were in front of because I don't think this would have happened at full sale. No. 
but it's a, it was a very it was very interesting. Well, it's the playing along, it was, but it's it, coal is just so popular, stratospherically yeah. popular. This happened just, at um, uh, New York, takeover New York yeah. was that at the start of the match. That crowd were just so they wanted to see Cole win. They yeah. didn't want to see Gargano win. By the end of it, though, Gargano had managed to turn them around, so the yeah. crowd massively popped for his win. But this crowd wanted to see Adam Cole win. Why mm-hmm. they exploded at the end yeah. when they did? Really good. I think it's because this, this felt okay. much closer actually than the. I think yeah. the the takeover, the last takeover match, Gargano was much more in peril, and through sheer force of fighting spirit and just kicking out of everything, won everyone over. Yeah, and I think this. Because it felt much more back and forth, people were split, and then they started to fall where their actual feelings lie about just like, oh, I would just like to see Adam Cole with the title. I yeah. just would. <laughs> and very much they got to see that. Yeah. So much stuff. Uh, do you know what? This match was super kick heavy. Lots yeah, of super yeah, kicks yeah. in this match. It was like every other move was a big old super kick right to the face. A lot, lot of slaps, a lot of claps. Um, I like the burning hammer right to the jaw. I love the Yushigoroshi oh, stuff on the outside. That was amazing. Just absolutely. I've taken so many So I loved when there was a point where Johnny goes to hit the DIY super kick. <clears throat> and he goes like that. And as he comes in, Cole just super kicks him, knocking him down. Mm. And then uh, Gargano bounces back with his own super kick and then hits uh, a reverse Rana that yeah. Cole flops up out of, bounces off the ropes and hits a last shot from. Yeah. So cool. So, so cool. Such good sequences. I have seen some people take issue with that, though, because it was like there was no selling of the Rana by Adam Cole. So I've seen some people take some issues Mm. with that. I've seen some people people take issue as well with the dive that Gargano does into the super kick. He does a big toe pay and Cole super kicks him, mainly because uh, Gargano was never going to make him. Like yeah. the, that dive was going nowhere. Fast. Well, that's so you don't eat someone's foot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like it's. But my, for me, like some of my spots at the, at the end was when they just started exchanging finishes. So yeah. you had Gargano trying to get in the Gargano escape and being unable to, <coughs> and Adam Cole locking in the Gargano mm-hmm. escape, and you've got like Nigel going like, "Oh my God, he's going to tap him out with his own move." Then Adam Cole missing the last shot, and Johnny Gargano hitting the last shot. I love that very like 2000 era WWF. Like yeah. Austin Rock, Austin Triple H, um, and Rock Triple H just stealing each other's moves to get like that big pop from the crowd. It's like, oh my god, yeah. Rock just hit the stunner on Austin. And it play, but it plays into the story as well that these two share, these two have shared the ring in one of the best NXT matches of all time, and like they know each other well. They've both been in NXT for a long time together, knew each other beforehand. There is just this wealth of information that they know about each other. And Beth Phoenix said it as well as like, you know, on the commentary, which I didn't quite agree with when she said it. And then maybe it turned around by the end of the match. But she was like, these two have enormous respect for each other in the ring. And it's like, actually, do you know what? You're probably right, because he comes down on his own. Mm-hmm. Adam, yeah. Cole, Adam Cole was happy to go one on one with Johnny Gargano and prove that, you know, he's the better wrestler. He's obviously also a mind game magician from mm-hmm. some of the spots in this match. Oh, yeah. But like... The point is that they know each other so well that so much of this is counters and, you know, there's that whole section where they didn't hit anything, where they were just fighting on the outside because Johnny was going for the penalty kick on the on the, on the the apron. Misses, jumps down, super kick whiff, super kick whiff, super kick whiff, and then he hits the tumbleweed. Yeah. And there's just there was just so much of this match where it was just like they're so well scouted for each other. Absolutely, yeah. Everything is getting reversed. And really this this match was built around the Canadian Destroyer as well. Mm-hmm. It was Cole teasing the Canadian Destroyer and which was beautifully set up by Nigel on commentary as well because Nigel would, like any time Cole went to the top rope he's like he's going for that Canadian Destroyer or you know the the, the whatever he calls it. Panama Sunrise. It's a Canadian Destroyer. But he said like, he's going to go for that Canadian Destroyer and he jumps at the beginning though. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've always thought that was 
really silly. <laughs> but it actually does make it a nice little setup for this match, though, mm-hmm. because he would jump down and then maybe like Gargano would uh, kick him or he'd jump down and he'd do a different move. And then eventually on the outside, he jumps off the apron and hits the Canadian Destroyer on the outside. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Rolls back in. And the very finish of this was, again, built around the Canadian Destroyer. So it really was set up beautifully throughout the match for that big spot there, yeah. which then sets up the finish later on where he does finally hits the Panama uh, Panama Sunrise and then hits the last shot for the win and Adam Cole is your new NXT champion. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really, really incredibly well-told story. Dave Meltzer has said it's the best match in NXT history. He actually thinks it's the best match that WWE have done overall in a long, long wow. time. And I, I, I've <coughs> probably got to agree with him. I thought this was mm. absolutely sensational. It was, it was an incredible match. Yeah, five-star classic, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, so overall, I thought it was a very, very, very good show, an excellent show. Yeah. Uh, loved the opener, loved the tag match, loved the main event. I enjoyed Breeze and Dream, and I enjoyed EO. I enjoyed EO and Baszler less, mm-hmm. but those other three matches really elevated this. They were superlative, like, yeah. Absolutely. Like, well, it really elevated this And I think show. considering the whole thing, to a degree, has been thrown together by you know having to, to work around scheduling it or just issues really with mm-hmm. people being stolen or people being injured or whatever the problems were amazing to pull that out of the bag yeah absolutely to go like here's here's this yeah <laughs> pete quinnell hello yes what's going on up in the super chats right well we've got tons of them okay well we've so, gone very long on this show so we have let's, let's yes. try and fire through so we will time. fire through them as quickly it's as humanly possible uh so we've got uh i've lost where i was before uh kevon brown says gargano versus colton should have had a stipulation no actually i think that stipulation held the first match back so i actually was glad this was a straight one-on-one match i think if they do a rubber match it might have a stipulation yeah yeah yep agreed uh, we have got it keeps refreshing and taking me to the bottom so I miss where I am I'd also say as well sorry on that that last point as well I'd also say that's kind of the story that I've been telling for the four weeks as well which is Cole saying if that was a straight match I would have won yeah I think yeah it, w- it wouldn't be as powerful a win if he didn't go like you know the, his only thing to cling on to was the fact that he won a regular wrestling match yeah absolutely so and now he's won another one so he he also now has two falls as does Johnny so yeah. you can just go fifth fall decides it very true. Mate. <laughs> Mate. Uh, Nicholas Smith comes in and says, Greetings from Columbia. Which show will have the bigger audience? All Out, NXT Cardiff, or NJPW's Thing? Will the audience size mean brand supremacy? Uh, well, All Out will have the most people in seats because they've got the biggest place. I think All Out will have the most overall anyway. I think yeah. it will have the most people buying the pay-per-view and it will have the most people physically in the venue. I agree, yeah. I think all, yeah, all Elite will have the most people in the venue and they'll have most people watching as well. Yeah. Uh, the craftsman Blake Carpenter uh, says, "Good work by Luke and Laurie. Molly Davis is scared of me." <laughs> so, if you're not familiar, that's because Ollie always gets his name wrong. It's a running joke. He's one of our uh, longest-running Patreon backers, and Ollie never gets his name right. It's become a running gag. That is fantastic. Uh, let's refresh my thing again. Uh, where are we? Oh my god, where have you gone? Oh, Blake, where, there we go. Where's Randy? Kevon Brown. Um, what do you think Randy. Cole versus Gargano three stipulation will be? Um, good question. What could it be? I think it'd be a straight match. You think we'd just do another straight I think, match? I think you would do. I would. I would tell the story of like you know Johnny could argue. Okay, well I won the first one. You won this one. But Cole could say, yeah, but we've got the same number of falls now. Mm. Yeah, or, or Johnny true, could say, yeah. or, John, or Cole could say, well I won the last match, and then 
Johnny could say, yeah, but we've got the same number of pinfall victories over each other or victories yeah. over each other, so maybe we should have a decided to see who's actually the best mm. and get Cole by the ego side of things. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm and maybe sure just do it in a cage or something and just then it's Could fairly be, simple, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tommy Peterson says, who should have the first match on the first AEW TV show? It depends on what their roster is by that point. Uh, I would say if I'm going by the sort of the TNA logic of this, when they went on to spike, it was put your biggest star in the ma- in the opening match, which was at that point was Kurt Angle, who's the most recognizable mm-hmm. star. So my mind instantly says put Moxley in the match. Yep. But it, again, it depends on though how the TV show is working. It it's, depend, yeah. it's all about the wins and losses. It's all about the yeah. sort of like league aspect of it. So it's kind of hard to say then what the match should be, particularly when we're so far away from it and we don't know what matches are going to come out from All Out or what's going to happen at Fight for yeah. the Fallen and uh, Fighter Fest. So I think I think I would open up the show with Cody or the Bucks mm-hmm. as a just a you know this is our thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, yeah. I think just be like that. That should be sort of the. You know, the guys walk out, they address the crowd as their opening segment, and then they go, but we're not just here to make matches, we're here to be in matches. Yeah. And then just go straight into an event. Or have Kenny do it, I think. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got William Adams says, Undisputed Era buried Luke's predictions. <laughs> Didn't they just? And it looks like they've just... It looks like they just dropped that storyline. Looks like that. Yeah, that, that just sp- went away, didn't it? Yeah, yeah that split storyline they were doing has just been <laughs> dropped, and they're just all. On the- I think that that was some. Four, fr- yeah. I think four weeks ago plans changed. Yeah, and I think all the storylines that they were working towards have been dropped. I, as you've been saying on the TV show, I wonder if it's like the, all the call-ups that have happened have made them change the plans that they had. Yeah, they've had to complete. I think they've had to completely shift what they were doing, which is I think what made that. It's so hard to predict what was going to happen at this takeover, yeah. especially because it all hinged on the undisputed era, who had had such a storyline, thinking, "Oh, that might, you know, this might happen." And this is the big thing about the Cole finale: is Cole and like the whole point of that them splitting up thing was they were saying that you know he was blaming Roderick Strong when it wasn't Roddy's fault mm-hmm. for like these things. And now he's gone and won a match on his own, saying, like, when I was on my own and no one interfered, I, I, I won matches and I became the North American champion on my own, blah, 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 blah. Cole is now right. <laughs> like, yeah. so I don't, and strong lost uh, as well. Yeah, strong lost as more well, right. as did Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. So now they're just patsies for yeah. Cole. I think that storyline has just been dropped. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which messed up my predictions. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, so anyway. yeah. Dustin Pilon says... Something that just refreshed my page. He says, if Strong were to win the North American title, which I'm hoping for to strengthen the Undisputed Era, what would you think of a Dream and Breeze tag team? Oh, nice. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. I could be behind that. Um, on that point, we were sort of like mentioned, we were sort of muttering into the microphones there, but I'm also glad that the Undisputed Era are not splitting up. I'm, I'm kind of glad they have dropped that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'd also be well behind that um, uh, a Dream Breeze tag team. I think that'd be a mm. lot of fun. I, I think they're also, but again, it's one of the things that they're better on their own. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think it's a disservice to Breeze to mm. bring him down to NXT and then put him back in the tag team and just Fair go yeah. like, yeah, you know, we're just going to stick you with someone vaguely similar. You have similar gimmicks. Yeah. Pete Cornell. Uh, Hartley Reaper comes in again, saying, "Laurie, can me and the rest of my team far a screen stalker shout out for gaming at Hartley Reaper on Instagram?" Can you what? What? <laughs> yeah. I'm reading it all, how it says it. Far a. Far a screen stalker shout out for gaming. Fart out a uh, Fart screen stalker. out a screen, screen stalker, stalker shout, shout out, out for gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into it. <laughs> so um, I'm assuming uh, Hartley Reaper on Instagram is a gaming thing. Probably. Yeah. 
sure, go check it out. Why not? Keep up the good work. We'll yeah. have to, to yeah. find do out. that. We will uh, check it out. Jeremy Chastain comes in with two donations, no messages, but two donations nonetheless. Thank you very Thank you. much. Uh, Core Dream Studios comes back in and said, who would you pick to win in this match if it were to happen? CM Punk, if he joined, versus Hangman Page at a future AEW pay-per-view. Page. 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 Don't, make the, the t- don't make the TNA mistake of having Angle go over the first, first doors. Absolutely. Ha- Joe going over would have been a much better choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, J-Dog Belinsky, no message, better donation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Zombie Face Jake says, what happened to AOP? Drake Maverick, be- Drake Maverick became their manager and then they just disappeared. Yeah, well, um, I think it was Aikam got injured, and he mm-hmm. still is injured. But I think there was a report from Fightful that he's back. He's I think they're, they're he's cleared again. Yeah, they're coming back soon. I think. So I think they'll be back. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think they could do with it Sans as well. Sans Drake. Yeah, Sans Drake. Yeah, I think the Drake, that was, thing, the Drake thing was the worst. So that was stupidly stupid. Yeah, you because well, they turned they they instead tried to turn this one act into a joke by having it coupled with. Like, I think Drake Maverick's fantastic, but. They want to just always go, isn't he small? <laughs> Look, he pissed, he Look, pissed he, himself. He pissed himself. Ha, 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 ha. But then that devalues the AOP for even letting him near them. Yeah, and I think the AOP needs to distance himself from him simply for that reason. But also, if he's now involved in the 24-7 title, the last thing you need this dominant <laughs> tag team is to be associated mm. with a comedy belt. Yeah. Moving far away from him. If you get Paul Ellering back. Pete. Uh, we have got uh, Magnus Bernstrom says... Who had the worst ladder match, Finn, Rico, or Kyle O'Reilly? So I'm assuming it's the person who like took the worst bumps. Oh, from, like, I see. I would guess. Oh, anyway. I'm going to say Finn in that one. Finn took a heck of a beating in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah. Took a heck of a beating. I don't know. I think Kyle's missing quite a lot of his back, so maybe <laughs> Kyle. Well, Kyle, I mean, Bobby Fish had his arm in a sling at the end yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, so maybe he was the one who took the yeah, worst. True. Probably on that last fall, maybe, yeah. yeah. Seymour uh, Mendez Jr. says, Is that a Team Rocket hat shopper? Respect. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, we've got another refresh on the page. I still have to scroll. This is how many we've still got. I still have to scroll to find these next questions. Um, my lady partner, Michelle, comes in and says, Adam Cole, baby. Well, it's very, he is Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, Prettiest she, man in NXT. She, she likes him the most because he's very attractive. He's a very um, pretty man. Uh, Small Afro Games comes in with a donation. No message. Thank you. Walker, thank, thank you very much. Cheers, Jaren. Yep. Uh, William Tallman uh, says, put over Riddle's new move. Does he hit Lesnar with it tonight? So, yeah, so Riddle said that he's going to be on Raw tonight. Did he? Well, but it's, just, it's Riddle being Riddle. Mm. So, I mean, Riddle is always he's saying... He's telling Riddles. He thinks he, he's I'm going to be. The, I'm going to retire Brock Lesnar. I'm going to retire Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. But I think it's just Riddle just being Riddle. Yeah, I hope so, though. Yeah, I, well, someone did tweet me over the weekend and said that if... Riddle shows up tonight, so Brock's going to try and cash in. Riddle shows up and stops him. You do Riddle versus Lesnar at Super Showdown for the Money in the Bank contract. Riddle wins that. Instantly, you've got a brand new star in your hands. Mm. I, w- I wouldn't, wouldn't hate it. No, that would be the best use of this terrible storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the um, Bobby Fish thing, I think it was a moment when um, Bertrand Lorcan started targeting his arm because he started shouting, watch it, watch it. Uh, okay. He was just on the outside screaming in pain. Uh, okay. So I don't know if it was from that. Uh, Pete. Uh, next, we have got Start Recording. Uh, comes in twice, so I'll ask both the questions at once. He says, "Could uh, who do you see... Mm, refresh. Who do you see beating Dream and Baszler? Uh, and could you see Breeze becoming the NXT champion? Probably not NXT champion, no. I don't see him in that North American championship picture. Though. I can see Breeze getting a rematch off of 
uh, the shenanigans towards the end of this match mm-hmm. and then winning that. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, Baszler, we said. Candice. You, you think Dakota Kai. Well, yeah. I think Candice. <laughs> More likely is going to be Candice. Yeah, probably Candice, possibly EO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on where they go with uh, EO, the Kendo Warrior. He's <laughs> Kendo Warrior. Uh, and, and what about Dream as well? He asked who would be, oh, who Dream. Should be uh, Dream. Breeze. I think Breeze, I think Breeze, Breeze will be yeah. Dream. Cool. Unless um, uh, Dijakovic comes back. Yeah, Dijakovic, Pete Keith Lee, yeah. Damien Priest. It's true. Uh, Asaya Fakiri uh, says Kyle O'Reilly versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, <coughs> selling in that match would be amazing. Nah, I'm not interested in seeing that match. Only because I don't really care for Dolph Ziggler. But then again, I would, I would watch anything that Kyle O'Reilly does, so maybe I would be interested. <laughs> uh, we have got. Buh, 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 start recording again. Uh, says who comes who comes to your guys' mind when you think of unexpected pushes? Hmm. Jinder Mahal for me. Elias. Oh yeah, Jinder was a yeah. Yeah, Elias. Uh, yeah, Jinder's a good one. Yeah, Jinder's a great show. Mm. I, I, it's, it was so surprising. I actually forgot it happened. <laughs> I was working at WrestleTalk during that point as well. And I genuinely forget sometimes that he was WWE champion. Yeah, I think Braun's push took me by surprise when he just suddenly rocketed up, and I was like, oh okay. Tell you what, other than one that surprised me recently was um, Hawkins and Ryder winning the Raw titles at, at um, oh, WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, for no reason. No reason. Haven't been on TV for the last three weeks. For God's, God's sake. Uh, Timmy Two Dope says, who needs a new gimmick and what would you give to them? <laughs> Timmy Two Dope. I'm assuming that's a reference to Shaggy Two Dope from the Insane Clown Party. At least I hope it is. Hope so. Yeah, I hope That'd it is. That'd be cool. Um, who needs a new gimmick? And what would you give to them? Oh, that's a lot. That's a... Uh, who... Pff. I don't know. I don't really know if anyone needs a gimmick change at the no moment. No way, Jose. <laughs> what gimmick would you give him? I'd just, just give him back his old hair. <laughs> <laughs> his new hair is terrible. Um, yeah, that's a that's a, that's a question I'd, I'd need more time to think about. Mm. And we're trying to rush through some of these questions, I'm afraid. So yeah. I, I don't know on that one, but no way, Jose is a good answer. Uh, thoughts on Beth on commentary? I'm not a fan. Uh, that's from JobberJJ496. She fills the Percy Watson role. I didn't even recognize she was there. Uh, I, I don't like Beth Phoenix on commentary. No. Particularly. Well, I think Percy Watson had the correct level of... Beth wasn't so bad, actually, on TakeOver. But I think on NXT TV, she talks too much for, like, a third-person mm-hmm. commentator. So, like, to the point where she's almost taking up a lot of the, like, Mara's trying to call play-by-play and Nigel's meant to be chipping in, but Beth is now doing the chipping in. So now Nigel feels pushed into the Percy Watson role. Mm. And I think Percy always came in with very smart things to say at the right time, whereas Beth is sometimes just going, they look like they'd be friends. She often defer, they often defer to Beth as well because she's a former champion. Yeah. So they were asking her a lot of questions about what's it, what's it like to defend which the championship. Is, which is the right point, which is the right thing to do with her. But I think it's some of her just general, what I, like general chatter or her general patter that doesn't work for me. Like she's always sort of searching for a point to make without really knowing where it is. It's like me doing this show. It's, yeah, it's like me doing this. <laughs> Um, I would say as well that she uh, uh, she's always going to struggle as well because the NXT <coughs> commentary, Morrow and Nigel work so well together. Yeah. You're always going to be the you're going to be the third wheel, no matter what you do. Well, it's because it's only a, it really is a motorbike. Yeah. And they didn't need a third wheel. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, we've got one from Keith Fries. I'm not sure what this is in reference to, but it might be uh, them saying that NXT is a true alternative brand. Uh, he just said, reminiscent of WCW, saying NWO was the second best Fed. 
Yeah, that's mm. my favorite of uh, Bischoff-isms. We thought the NWO was the second biggest company <laughs> in the Monday Night Wars. Idiots. What an idiot. Classic, <laughs> classic idiot. Uh, we've got an interesting one from Initiative Coffee. It says, any chance the WrestleTalk team would be interested in playing D&D on our stream for charity? Hmm. Yep. I'd be interested in that, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, I'd email someone? Email Ollie. Email... <laughs> no, don't email Ollie. He'll never not answer Ollie. it. Uh, email Probably. Pete, because I'm not going to be here, so email yeah, Pete. Yeah, sure. E- email me, uh, which is pete at wrestletalk.com. Yeah. Email me and uh, we'll, we'll figure something out if we can. We um, love D&D. We do. We do love a bit of D&D. Uh, start recording comes in again saying, I want Eric Bugenhagen to beat Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah. Bugenhagen's a good shout. Mm. Mm, that'd be fun. Uh, Flint Mech gimmick heavy triple threat with them if you could put Breeze in it as well yeah <laughs> Dream Breeze Bugenhagen oh, mate, a, that's a dream and, triple and threat and ego right off yeah <laughs> it's the main event of Wrestlemania 20 all over again <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flint Mech says EO Candice and Mia versus three horsewomen blow off feud could be yeah 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 I could see that yeah but it's only on TV mm-hmm. uh, Kevin all in capitals says, I got every prediction right. People have been congratulating me in the comment section of the prediction video. Only problem is that I was halfway through the show. So basically what you're saying is, you cheated. <laughs> oh, the, the Randy Datsun tactic. <laughs> exactly. Classic Datsun move. Uh, Tim Arndt comes in again. He says, which match was better? Cole versus, uh, Gargano versus Cole, one or two? Also, Captain Sonar is a fantastic game. Captain Sonar is Captain amazing. Captain Sonar was so fun. Such so great, much fun. Such a, it was uh, great. great game. Uh, I'm going with two. Two, definitely two. Two, two for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Kurt Paulson says Iron Man for Gargano and Cole for Toronto. Oh, Iron Man for Gargano and Cole for Toronto. In I- Iron Man That's match actually a very good them. shout doing an Iron Man. I don't mm-hmm. know if they do a 60 minutes. Here's a Triple H thing, though. It's a oh, Triple H yeah. show. He would love to do it. He would love to promote an Iron Man match. A one, ma- one hour Iron Man match. Yeah. That seems like a very Triple H thing to do. I think it's a good, I think it's a good idea as well. Just be like, yeah. look, we maybe we need a time limit rather than a falls limit. Yeah. Mm. That's a really good shout. It's a great shot, actually. Right, we've got six more to get through. Okay. So, almost getting there. Uh, JJ comes in again. You've already kind of talked about this, but he says, Gargano has two pinfalls on Cole. Cole has two pinfalls on Gargano. One win apiece. Are we heading for a third match between them? Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. I take yeah. over Toronto. I can certainly see Gargano. Yeah, yeah when we, I mean, you said that on the prediction show when it was goal- it was advertised as Cole Gargano 2. Yeah. You're like, that's definitely There's definitely a third, third yeah. yeah. Yep, and then we've got uh, Skeletor10594 says, I love you. you in a Skeletor voice. No. <laughs> uh, I love you both. Luke's okay too. Datsun merch? Absolutely not. There will never be any Randy Datsun merch because he's a buffoon, Skeletor. Why is Skeletor saying his own name? <laughs> well, I was answering that Skeletor. Oh, okay. Other Skeletors. Skeletors. Yeah. I should have really answered it as Beastman. Seymour <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mendes Jr. says, at this point, there will never be a bad takeover. Yeah, but we've been saying that for a while. That's like the bottom rating when we do the 10 minute reviews. It's just like, we'll never get this. Score. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, it's impossible. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's pointless having anything below four, really. Well, they worked yeah. out the formula. And I think that's the Five like, matches. Yeah. F- the formula is five matches, build to it properly, have good, have your top talent in all those matches. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it would be a different, it would be a completely different kettle of fish if Vanessa Bourne was on a takeover. <laughs> but okay. like, she's not. So we don't have to worry about that. Tesco's finest in the main event. Yeah. Uh, Cole versus Gargano loser goes to the main roster <laughs> the, the ultimate sacrifice that's it you'd be like be you'd be like no 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 just do my career just, it's a just stipulation put, uh, I don't want to stick to yeah uh, sorry I should say that was from Matt Chapman the last one thanks Matt um, I'd get disqualified in that match <laughs> uh, Dysentry Joe says this live stream has died of dysentery 
support Wrestle Talk. <laughs> well, thank I'm you. Sure that's a West of Loathing reference. <laughs> Uh, and then oh we just got one more at the end as well so we got a reality 40 just comes in with a donation no message thank, thank you very you. much and then last one Skeletor once again just all in capitals give me more Datsun merch absolutely not <laughs> not a chance uh, not a chance and that's uh, it, we can't have more of none catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.